You are listening to WPOE, the worst place on earth. Proud of your boy, I'll make you proud of your boy. Believe me, bad as I've been, Ma, you're in for a pleasant surprise. I've wasted time, I've wasted me. So say I'm slow for my age, a late bloomer, okay, I agree that I've been one rotten kid. Some sun, some pride, and some joy, but I'll get over these lousing up, messing up, screwing up times. You'll see, ma, now comes the better part, someone's gonna make good cross his stupid heart, make good and finally make you. My son lost his job. I mean, he's a hard worker. His father wasn't really kind of a deadbeat, not really around anymore. But my son, he's a good egg. He went to school, trade school, computers. He was always into that sort of thing. He was really good at it. Got a job in it. Went back to the old local high school, you know, IT boy. He was doing really well and you know, he uh, he was up for promotion, and this sort of thing happens, you know, once in a while. And we all were rooting for him. He He's more than qualified for this position. But, you know, this young woman came in, and, you know, I don't, I don't mean to say that it's about race or anything. Like, I'm not a racist. I, I voted for Obama twice. So, you know, it's not about that for me. But it's about facts and people being hard up. Um, based on other people's choices. But so this woman came in and, you know, I don't know much about her qualifications, but it definitely seemed like some kind of a, like a grab. You know what I mean? She came in and she got the job. And, uh, you know, my son is very vocal. He has a very strong online presence. You know, he speaks his mind about injustices and things and the like, because, you know, he cares. And, and I'm not, you know, necessarily defending it, but my son, you know, he had every right to say what he said, you know, he was upset and he wanted the job and uh, he, he just called it out. And, you know, we live in this kind of cancel culture where if you say something, you know, people just come out in the hordes and they respond and they get all upset, but they just don't want to hear the truth. And let's see why this young woman got the job and my son didn't. So uh, he's home now. He got fired. A bunch of people responded to his post and he was asked to leave and she got the promotion. And who's to say in the end why? But now I'm home on disability. I was a registered nurse, a delivery nurse. I hurt my knee. But my son, he was helping me, taking care of me. You know, he's a good boy. He stays home, cares about his community and family, things that really matter. I play Call of Duty. That's, that's where my community is. All right. And the reality is you you can say all you want about video games. They're melting your brain and you're spending too much time staring at a screen. But you, you know, the reality is that's where all my communication is. That's where all my friends, all my friends now, that's where they come from. And you know what? Let, let me tell you this. You know how fighter pilots train to become fighter pilots? They train on simulators. You know what a simulator is? It's a video game, okay? It's designed by the same people who design Call of Duty and all those other games that you play. It's a simulator. So I play it, and you know what? 
I think that I have some insight into what it's like to train uh, 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 to be in the military. And I know all about, you know, uh, camaraderie. And I know all about strategy. And I, I know all about, you know, um, boots on the ground and, and, and understanding the dynamics of being on a battlefield. And that's all because I play that game. Changing mechs. been working. I was a registered nurse. I was a delivery nurse and I used to take care of babies. And I've seen so many die in ways that didn't have to happen. And you know, I'm pro-life. I'm all about um, bringing babies into this world. It's not our place to decide whether they live or die. You know, I don't care what happens to you. That baby, that baby deserves a chance. And all I said, all I said in that, on that post was that it was reverse racism because I do believe that that happens and it happens probably, I don't know, just as much as regular racism, you know, the other way. And they gave it to her because she's a black woman and and then everybody went, everybody went crazy, okay, when they read my post. And I didn't even say... Uh, it wasn't like, this is where Ava lives and you should go, you know, mess up her house or something. I didn't do anything like that. All I said was that it was unfair and it was unfair. And then suddenly I don't have a job. I don't have a job? Really? That's cancel culture. That's what they're talking about. And here I am now. You know how hard it is to get, you know, I, I trained for two years to get my certificate. You know, and you know how hard it is right now to get a, a you know, a job, a, a, a job in an IT department in this country. Oh, my God. We had to move. We lost our house. Um, we weren't able to pay the bills and uh, we moved into a neighborhood we wouldn't normally live in. And now not to judge how these people live, but it's not what I was accustomed to live in. You know, I never took handouts or anything. I, I got sick. I got hurt. And that's different. You know, that's something I couldn't help. But. You know, these people are taking advantage of all kinds of things and, you know, living the way they live and, you know, everybody's on welfare and this and that. And I don't think we should be taking care of them. That's just how I feel. You know, nothing against them, but I, I'm here to take care of myself and my family. My son, he's he's an upstanding man, and he, you know, he didn't have a father figure growing up. On the way, I went down to camp along with Captain Good, and there we saw the man and boys as thick as Make fun of me all you want. But you know who else they made fun of? They made fun of Paul Revere. You know why? Okay, so you know who Paul Revere is, okay? We're talking, you know, the War of Independence. And Paul Revere, first of all, you all know him because of the Midnight Ride, right? Where he he rode on his horse and, and with the, hitting the pots and pans and talking about the British were coming, and he woke everybody up and they stood their ground, and that was the beginning of the War of in, Independence. But you know that Paul Revere, uh, they didn't trust him at first because he was a rich guy, okay? He and you know it's it's I gotta say it's a little bit like Donald J. Trump 
because he inherited his business from his father. He was a silversmith, and he was a rich guy, and they, you know, they weren't really sure about him. And he had another ride before the midnight ride where he rode up to Portsmouth, that's in New Hampshire, and he thought the British were coming, and this was before they were really coming. And he rode up there, and he woke everybody up in the same way, and then they came up, and they were like, where's it at? And they didn't trust him after that. And now you only know him because of the successful one, the Midnight Ride. But that's all I'm saying. They made fun of him. And then he's the one who stood up, and now he's a hero. You know, and there's a lot of inequity in this country. You know, we're talking about reverse racism. That's real. People try to censor that, you know, kind of uh, language. But white people, they've been persecuted. They've been persecuted a lot lately. You hear the way people talk in the media and this and that, trying to find somebody to blame. And, you know, I'm fed up. I, I, I got to take care of my family, and, and my son, he's a good man, and, and he's doing what he can, you know. Um, he's a hard worker. He really is. Look, it was just like a campaign in Call of Duty. I mean, it was, that's what it was, and that's how we treated it. And there's nothing wrong with coming together and standing your ground, okay, and, 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 and fighting for what you believe should be going on. And our plan wasn't, we weren't going to... You know, they're showing all these pictures of these guys with, 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 with machine guns and military uh, garb with their helmets. And those were Antifa. That's my opinion. They were there to make it look like we were staging an insurrection. I wasn't staging an insurrection. We weren't going in there to, 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 to take over the government. We were going in there to, to show Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, and, you know, even even uh, even uh, Lindsey Graham and Mike Pence, what the face of America really is, and to show them that we're not just going to lie down and let them walk all, all over us. He's been very vocal. Anyone who speaks out against the president, I don't trust them. They have ulterior motives, or they've been paid by somebody. Maybe they're not involved, but somebody, somebody told them to clean up after the crimes. You know, there's a real problem here with trafficking and pedophilia in the media, on liberal media with these Hollywood tops, with politicians, and they're all in on it. And they're all covering up for each other. And and Trump knows, and he's been signaling, he's been tweeting, he's been trying to get the word out, and we're picking up the charge. We're, we're, we're heeding the way for these children. We're doing it for the children. I mean, has anyone thought about it? That's a priority. They call us deplorable And we love the name They got the bodies in the dirt And need someone to blame Got a pension for greed And money to spare They put the dollars in the coffers And the lies in the air I knew that if I came up face to face with Nancy Pelosi And I was with my squad She she was just going to run away She wasn't going to face up to us And so the plan was to take her into custody, which I am legally allowed to do, read your Constitution of the United States of America, and we were going to bring her outside of the Capitol grounds, and and my, and, 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 and my mother, she was waiting for us in the van, we were going to take Nancy Pelosi to a, a secure location where no one else was going to try to cause harm to her, and we were going to have a military tribunal where we were going to ask her to defend her actions, you know, and if she was found guilty, 
All we were going to do was ask her to resign her post in our government. Because you know what? You know what the plan, you know what their plan was? Their plan was to install Nancy Pelosi as the president of our United States. Is that what you all wanted? Mm, What about the Clintons? What about the Clintons? Hmm. Podesta said it in his emails to Clinton. It was all coded language. They were in that pizza parlor. They were underground. Those kids, who knows where they are now, but they moved them. And, and everybody knows they're guilty, and no one's doing anything about it. And that is just pure evil. And I, we, we had to do something. We couldn't just sit back and keep buying our stuff on Amazon or whatever and, 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 and sending money. You know, you know how much Jeff Bezos made during the pandemic? Like something like $300 billion or something like that? You got to be kidding me. So these people are saying that, that Trump is actually our shadow president. And that things are going so well because he's still handling it in Mar-a-Lago. And Biden and all that, that's just for show, just for peacekeeping, you know, to keep the people in line. And they're, what, what were you calling it? And they're stables and they're in their, um, yeah, they've been led to slaughter and this and that. So they can't think for themselves, that sort of thing. So it's just to keep people at peace. But Trump, you know, I, I take solace in that in the fact that Trump is still our president. I have faith in that. And maybe he'll get some good done, you know, in the shadows. The thing that hurt me was my brothers in arms, my, my brothers, the police officers and, and, and the military personnel who swore an oath, swore an oath to defend us and to defend the cause of, de- of, of democracy in our country. They turned their backs on us too. And now they're telling me, you know, okay, so we, and I squarely put the blame on them, on them for for the failure of our campaign because we had Nancy Pelosi in our sights and then poof, she disappeared. When we got to her office in the Capitol, she wasn't even there. Someone else was there sitting in her chair. And, uh, you know, I don't know who that was. They're acting like we were all, you know, that was probably Antifa too. None of my guys broke any furniture. None of my guys broke a the goddamn window. Nor did you break a law because the president himself told you to be there. We were private citizens executing the law of this country. We'd drawn up an arrest warrant for Nancy Pelosi and we were going to take her into custody. Legally. Legally. Like I said, it failed. We couldn't find her. We took her podium as a symbol. If we can't find the lady, then we should at least, you know move off with 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 her soapbox give me liberty or give me death the answer to 1984 is 1776 meanwhile nobody cares about the children nobody cares about what happened to them these good american children probably underground being used by all these hollywood elites and liberals and politicians and you know they're just going to get away with it because they always do so the fight continues and um at least you know we got a shadow president and and we got a we tried it out this time and and maybe next time you know it'll actually work you know, I'm disparaged, I gotta be honest. 
you know, I'm still with my guys. I'm still playing Call of Duty, but I got to be honest, I, I, I try to play the Axis side. That's the only time that it feels real. That's the only time where I feel like I'm standing up for anything because, you know, the reality is that uh, if you're talking about World, World War II, um, at least half of the Germans fighting in that war, they weren't even the SS. They weren't even Nazis at all. They were just military grunts fighting against a force that was invading their country. And so, to my mind, um, they were just defending their way of life and their land and their property and their families, you know, just like we did in, in the War of in independence and you know so now when i play i'm i'm on the allied side and it feels like a lie it feels like a big lie the constitution's a big lie because if they can use it against us when we're fighting for it what is that so i got to defend myself i got to defend my land my country my people my property i'm gonna go to jail for that you got to be kidding me you got to be joking. We're going to walk down anyone you want, but I think right here we're going to walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. Defend your liberty! Yes. Defend your constitution! Defend your liberty! Defend your constitution! Seventeen seventy-six! Really? Yeah, so we're back. Ooh, good to be back, huh? Hey. Is everyone alive? We're back, but Matt and I are the only ones who are still officially sitting in the worst place on earth that's right <laughs> yeah well i was there and honestly the last two months here whatever <laughs> it feels like it's been the best place on earth because the weather's been yeah so good nice. for you guys that is true it's cold everywhere else true. even in la it's been crazy i guess ted cruz was right what every family deserves a chance at a better life especially his <laughs> i love how those texts were leaked by whoever was in that group chat you know so like his wife was saying like it's oh, you're freezing. talking about yeah, and like rooms are only three hundred dollars a night in Cancun. What a steal! In Cancun, <laughs> oh man, come meet us. No, seriously, even Boston would be better. Yeah, it, that's one of the first times any but anybody ever said, "Let's go ever warm up in words. Boston." Oh man, even uh, what's his name, New England Patriots dude. Yeah. He he lives in Tampa now, so oh gross. That is appropriate for him and his deflated ball and his bum chin it really is why couldn't uh what's her name ivanka trump and that weird lizard husband of hers move to tampa that's a much better place much more suited for that kind of it's it's not as glamorous to live in tampa couldn't they just buy ybor city God. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, but I feel like Tampa matches their style of haircut and and uh, Botox. You know, it's much more their jib and jive. Yeah, Ybor City is kind of cool. Like in the 90s, they had this whole like 
gay raver scene that was kind of ahead of its time. I don't know why I know about this, but I mean... In fairness, where in Florida in the early 90s was there not a gay raver scene? <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> but there was like a music Just movement. Saying. There was like DJs and stuff. Just saying. I mean, I'm sure Miami had that contingent. But. It was like all the pants on all the youngsters went all the way down to the floor. <laughs> and all the way up the same. <laughs> all the way up the crotch. <laughs> you gotta you gotta sell the merchandise. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, man. No, I'm specifically thinking of this song I just revisited by Larissa called I Do Both Jay and Jane. It's like this weird, like, bi club anthem <laughs> that I forgot I knew. I would, like, hear this at, like, like part house parties when I was, like, a kid, and I knew all the words. So I was indoctrinated very young into the scene. <laughs> Well, can we can we hear a few a few bars of a that? Bar, yeah. Oh no, I eight bars. So, yeah. oh my god, it's like yeah. I do both Jay and Jane. They make me feel the same. There's no shame to my game. Something. Listen, it's been a long time, but if I heard it, I would definitely hum and sing along. Okay. <laughs> it's like bum 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 bum. It's like a a roller skating ring anthem. <laughs> For bi people. Mm. It's like, I met a guy, his name was Jay, he wasn't fun. I met a girl, her name was Jay, she wanted to have fun. It's ridiculous. It's like a really simple <laughs> rhyming scheme, but like addictive and terrible. It's like the worst earworm ever, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed mm. it. This seems very on topic for our episode. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it does. What are we talking about? Oh, Florida. Yeah, the Florida people who went to the <laughs> Capitol and decided to cause trouble. <laughs> we didn't uh, focus. Uh, we cheated a little bit with this episode because the characters weren't solely based on people from Florida. But it does feel like every single person who stormed the Capitol on January 6th was from Florida. Oh, yeah. Did it feel like, that or, way? Yes. Like, like or Florida they just Floridian. Florida just emptied out and they all went to the Capitol. Exactly. The chasm with their, opened. Yeah, with their Trump trucks. And they all traveled north. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, like the like whole panhandle. Eerily quiet on January 6th on the streets of, you know, Orlando. <laughs> they all had Saint left. St. Lucie, whatever. Uh, where are they all from? I have no the idea. The podium guy is from Lakeland, I think. That was not surprising. I have this. Uh, these notes about this. The podium guy was from... Lakeland, I'm pretty sure. What did you say? Lakeland? Like outside of Tampa. You guys know where that is, right? I only know because Thespian's competition was there. <laughs> but Exactly. We had honors band there. <laughs> yeah, dude. Adam Johnson, the 36, of Parrish, Florida. Oh, Parrish. Yeah, he was the the, the robber of the lectern. So... We sort of, we, we combined his sort of story with um, the, a story, the story of the, one of the, it was only one of the zip ties guy. I know, we keep calling one of the zip him ties zip ties. There was, zip there was ties a whole. Guys, but there's so many. <laughs> yeah, like the FBI, they were calling them zip, the zip tie guys. Like that was their clever like nickname yeah, for them. Yeah, because that's intent to kidnap that's intent to cause harm. Like, come on. Eric Munchell, 30, and his mother, Lisa Eisenhart, 57. 
So he was caught, and he had tactical gear on. So he he his face was covered, um, but his mother just had like a "Keep America Great" hat on and was just fo- photographed f- fully the whole time. Oh, because these people had no masks so, on in the middle of a pandemic, and they're all like right. bludgeoning police officers. But somehow, all of that was totally fine, and the National Guard was never called out. We were worried that this wouldn't still be a thing, but this is always going to be a thing. This is like one of the most disturbing things to happen. Since what? Since like 1812? It's going to be in the news forever. They're going to have like capital riot tours in Washington, D.C. Like you get on a little tandem bike and they take you around to look at where the windows were broken. Wait, isn't that what, um, what's her name from Georgia was doing? The reconnaissance tours for everybody? She was just ahead of That was before. Yeah. She was doing it ahead of time. She's like, this is how you kidnap senators. This might be a good escape hatch. (laughs) Oh, man. But we wanted, we wanted to capture it in a sort of a frenetic way. Like we, there was so much energy around it, um, which is why this is the first, this was the first episode that Jess or I didn't write, so yeah. we wanted we wanted it to feel less like um less like a story or less like a monologue and more more like a kind of f- frenetic discussion about you know the feelings and the circumstances that that compelled these people to behave that way, and I think. It was an interesting experiment because we just researched these characters and sort of came up with a backstory and improved a back and forth about where they were from and what they were feeling and kind of the circumstances of their lives before they decided to do this thing. And I and that's the part that felt very Florida. No, I feel like <laughs> I mean, we knew these people so well. Like and we and um, the mindset. It doesn't I, I don't know. It was kind of a leap because the thing, the opinions and you know general mindset of these people it couldn't be further distant from things that I, you know, consider or feel on my day to day basis. But like I, I, I feel like I know what this is rooted in, even if it isn't being plainly said and like politicians are spinning it otherwise. We know why these people were compelled to do what they do and yeah. who ultimately motivated them to come to the Capitol. There's no question. But it is important too, like as difficult as it was, to kind of uh, try to access those kind of the spark of those beliefs or the right. you know the causal where it comes from, yeah. El- elements, the, the things in in these people's lives that kind of radicalized them. It's a hard balance. It wasn't that we were trying to sympathize, no. But I think. It's important to look at it through the lens of all of the upheavals that have been occurring this past year mm-hmm. in our culture and in our politics and all of that. You know, I mean, you have people out of work, you have people uh, in various stages of of poverty, unemployment, you know, sick health issues. I mean, like all this stuff piled up. It, it, it's bound to kind of implode or explode one way or the other. Yeah, and their rage is so misdirected towards like immigrants or other people who've also suffered the same way without them even realizing it. That's kind of been the the story of the last at least the last decade of politics, you know, in the US. You mm-hmm. know, this 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 gas this like gaslight, this like grand gaslighting of 
everything so that people start to look at things through just one lens that there's i mean like that whole idea that there's like the, there's one you know the whole idea that the the conspiracy the great conspiracy is that <laughs> democrats are evil and they're trying to destroy the republican party because they just care about wealth and pedophilia. It's hilarious to me that the right thinks Democrats can really achieve anything. Like how like could you really think Democrats are going to like come together and create this like mass conspiracy to like of all things count all the votes? How is that anti-democratic to count every vote? And like if you claim you're rigging an economy, is that enough to make it true? Yeah, you need a you need I mean, yeah. You 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 need a talented rigger. The people who are perpetuating these ideas and these conspiracies from the top, they don't really believe any of that. They're the ones who are involved in election fraud and all of this. Like they're they're it's the gaslighting. Yeah. It's about creating a narrative that serves the believer in a way that they themselves are not responsible for any of the hardships that are unfolding. It's passing the blame to some greater effort that that we're mostly powerless to to rise up against, you know? And it's the same, you know, it's the same, it's it's what populism is. Mm-hmm. It's what, you know, it's what the Third Reich did to the Jews, you know, like there's this cabal of of that this generational cabal of Jews who control at the banks and everything, and they're just serving themselves, and that's why you're poor, and that's why you can't get health care, and that you know, right. like creating that, a common I, it's enemy. Not a, it's not an old idea. It's just amazing that we still fall for it. Yeah, we haven't learned anything from history. We're lazy minds. We just forget, you know. People make fun of the never forget people, but we have forgotten (laughs) very quickly. At least from where I've, what I've experienced through these last couple of years, I never liked the idea that Democrats painted the Republicans as as a lesser educated or a dumb people. Mm -hmm. Like I always felt like that kind of galvanized those people. Yeah. All that talk about, you know, secondary degrees and whatever and being not being Trump voters and I never liked going down that hole. Now it's crystallized even more like they they actually are not a lot of the people that I know that that supported Trump were smart people, are smart mm-hmm. people. And they just have this like weird political disconnect where this is this is just how they have evolved from like a Reagan Republican into this weird new Republican that no one recognizes. I think it's sort of a a commonality uh, in populist politics that what what these political figures represent is just a radical shift, like a, like breaking of the mold of the, of the power structure. And whether or not you believe that Trump actually was that, he was that for the people who who followed him. And the people who I know who are intelligent, who voted for him or considered voting for him or, or you know, in discussions stood up for him in some way, that is really at the crux of, of why. Because 
it wasn't any policy thing. It wasn't because no, what Trump policies is a, is did a, he have? He's a he's an idealist person. He has no beliefs, and and that proves that it doesn't matter. It's not about the beliefs. It's just what the person what the person stands for, and what Trump stood for. To um, I would say probably most of the people who voted for him and continued to support him was a radical departure from the status quo in Washington, that he was an outsider. They wanted to see it smash. It just feels like white rage. It's a, it's a reaction to all of the, all, everything that's opened up. They see it as this lack of resources for them or this former entitlement that they're, they're do something they're not getting or because doors are opening for other people that they're slamming shut in their faces and they're not moving forward with climate science or new jobs in the market or things are changing at such an accelerated pace. I think they're afraid and, and looking for yeah. someone to blame. So, you know. Yeah, Fe- um, fear is at the root. Not that Biden is going to be any better as a president. Like they're building more cages. We're still, you know, the liberals were so up in arms about so many issues ahead of the election, and now we're in power. And what's happened? Do we have a stimulus bill? We don't. It's not going to happen. I mean, it's going to take. Well, we don't even need the Republicans to follow suit, right? We could just get Kamala Harris to break that tie and through reconciliation do whatever we need to do. But it's not. It's not happening. There's not enough focus on the issues that that he promised to tackle, and it's there's too much going on to to be, you know, this lackadaisical. Or I see why people are frustrated and they want to blow the whole thing up, you know. Can you imagine we elect a Democratic president and then suddenly our stimulus checks are are lessened or not even given to us because they're doing the the means testing? He was advocating for less. He was at like It's incredible to me that 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 this has suddenly gone from the 2000 to 1600 to 1400 to to you might not get it because we you don't need it that right. much. But that's the big Republican like, thing. With a Democrat. Yeah, I know. That's 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 rugged you know, individualism and trickle-down economics and all this right. fuck the fucking end game of capitalism. That's neoliberalism. That's been that's been our government yeah. since at least since Reagan. They're Republicans. That's Democrats and Republicans both. I mean, I would say Republicans now are radicalized in a way that, you know, I think the Southern strategy kind of began this culture war thing with uh, Republicans kind of becoming the party of, of, you know, white Christian males but that was just right. a strategy to wrest the south from democrats from dixiecrats i was about to say uh, the dixiecrats <laughs> i think it's warped the whole party now that that's mm-hmm. all it stands for is this like yeah. weird cultural identity um as opposed to any f- fiscal policy or any foreign policy or anything you know they're just this like party that that wants white people to continue getting rich. They don't even pretend that that's not what it is. Yeah, yeah. No, At least the Democrats s- pretend. 
That's what I was about <laughs> to know? say. I don't know what's yeah. worse, but I do know what's worse. Like the, the Republicans are clearly worse. But, you know, you have Biden in his speech during the inauguration talking about how we're going to end white supremacy and his policies he's upholding and his budget spending and, you know, him like turning a blind eye to so many issues that are going on right now with ICE and at the border. Like you clearly don't care about people <laughs> in the way that you're claiming to. So, you know, why make those claims? Because it'll get you elected, because it makes you seem like a better person. It's it's just optics. Well, it's empty. It's, you know. Biden's always been a centrist. So he's always going to try to, to he's always going to kowtow to the um, uh, Steve, uh, wait, Steve Manchin? Who, who's the, is it, Man, uh, what's his name? Who, Manchin. Mnuchin? No. <laughs> no, sen- no, Senator Manchin. Uh, the Joe. Joe, Joe Manchin. Joe, Joe. Manchin. I, I tagged him as a Steve myself. <laughs> no, you're talking about <laughs> Joe two Manchin. Joes. Two Joes talking to each other. Manchin. Joe Manchin, who's basically a... <laughs> Joe a, McMansion. A, Joe McMansion. <laughs> who, He's got who big believes, ideas. Who believes every white male in this country deserves one McMansion. Per, <laughs> per household. Own. Please, at own. least. Per, per marriage. At least 20 McNuggets. One McMansion... You get one if you're a if you're a white male over the age of thirty five. You get one McMansion per marriage. Uh, I'm going to get a sex change system. real quick. Excuse me, I'll be back. I want to make. But the thing is, like Biden is such a centrist that everything he does is to appease the other centrists in Congress, and there aren't that. He knows you know, how to. He does the same thing Trump does because all he ever wanted was to get elected. I really don't know what's motivating Biden other than he always wanted to be president. Like, I re- you know, what are well, his politics? Well, but that's the motivation. I would say that's the mo- motivation of everybody who becomes president. Well, it's, yeah. You know, <laughs> but, you know, up I, until no then. No one wants to do that job. You know, it's a horrible no, no, job. But, yeah. but the people who get that job always wanted that job. You know, I mean, right, right. Yeah, they they want the title and they want the trappings and the power of it, but I don't think anyone actually really enjoys doing the day to day stuff that a oh, president sure. has to deal Once with. Once they get it, it's terrible. I mean, all of the constant criticism. You don't want any of that. No, I was about to make a really dumb metaphor. It's like being but I, had, I had this Spears. girlfriend growing up who talked about <laughs> no. <laughs> That she was like, she would chase guys and the minute she got them, there was, you know, she didn't want them anymore. So, because she got them. It's it's the art of the chase, I guess. You want to be president and then you finally get it and you're like, sitting in the Oval Office, like, what did I sign up for here? Definitely Trump, who probably just wanted but to. But everything in life is like that, isn't it? I don't know right. about that. Like, the announcement of something is always the most exciting part of whatever it is. Right. Like, when you get the Miami New Drama gig, you're like, <sighs> oh my God, I'm going to be working on the biggest production in the country <laughs> during the pandemic, the only equity production going on. And then, you know, then it comes time. The The announcement is fun. comes time to do the work and you're like... You're like, oh Ooh. no, I'm in this this hot box again for <laughs> 17 hours. This is rough. Okay, full disclosure, we love this, but it was hard on our bodies. Like by the end of it, it was definitely um, a lot. Yes. It's a difficult job. Like don't let anyone yeah. tell you any different. Yeah. So, but it's always like that is what is what you're saying. That's yeah. what I mean. Right, like right. yeah, when you when you get an advance to write a book, <laughs> right. you know, oh my god, I just got a million dollars to write right. a book and now I have to actually write the book and you sit down and write the book and like, oh no, my you gosh, just this is brutal. <laughs> you don't just find hire, the work rewarding? You just hire some graduate student to write the book and then you, you renovate well, your kitchen with that you money. You need a ghostwriter. You need that. Re- you guys remember? would be terrible communists. You need to a enjoy McMansion work. for for every marriage. 
I'm just saying, like, I, I always feel like the announcement is the best part of anything yeah. good that happens. Like, the, the other stuff, the, the actual doing of things is, you know. No one should be surprised by what is happening, like, under, I mean, if anything, if anything, Biden, at least with his cabinet, many of his cabinet choices is more progressive than than people yeah. imagine he would well, be. Well, I know, like, you can hire a woman for head of defense who has no qualms, like, killing people without a trial by drone and, like, piloting that program. It's like, wow, everyone, we have a space for every woman of color who wants to murder innocent people abroad. Like, it's all kind of superficial, you know? That's a casserole that Obama served at the party. Like, oh, no, the, I know. The, the killing oh, American yeah. citizens with no, like, on foreign soil that's when it with started. No trial or whatever. It, that it, that is where it started. Yeah. Obama was a centrist too. He was basically a neoliberal. Also, I mean, anything is better than what we just suffered from. Do you think Biden would kill off five hundred thousand people on American soil? I mean, I guess it depends who they are, but I don't know. <laughs> 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 so he picks and chooses, you know. I mean, I know it's been said enough, but it's still so jarring to me how ready D.C. was for the Black Lives Matter protests and how many people were held accountable right. or, like, you know, wrongfully put in, in jail or taken up charges for, like, utilizing their their First Amendment rights. Like, and then how, like, how underprepared. Like, we watched everyone who was ahead or who was in charge of defense uh -huh. on that day just, like, passed the buck the other day. And, like, even, like, tell a, like, recount a completely different story about the timeline of what happened that day. Like, there was a lack of leadership and complicity, most likely. We right. watched them just open the gates and let these people in. Yeah. And then let them out. Let them yeah, out. let them And go. let them leave. I let watched them leave. Without man, arresting them. Escort that woman them. down the steps yeah. who was just beating yeah. on police. Escort her down the steps. Excuse me, have a nice day. This was a white privilege uh, bonanza. Bonanza, yeah. This was like yeah. a, this is a, this is like a white privilege rodeo gone wild. It was like hoedown like, at the Capitol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was privilege palooza. It's like this. This was like this was like West World gone wild. I mean, there was no, and you know, I mean, again, or is anyone surprised? You know, I, yeah. I, I guess people were. People were shaken, but were they stirred? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Mm. Mitch McConnell I mean, blamed Trump in the first 24 hours. He said, this man is 100% responsible, it's undeniable, and people need to help be held accountable. And how does he vote? He changes his tune, like, immediately, days later. All of them did. Like, what will it take? Their own lives were threatened, and it didn't change their hearts or minds. Like, what fucking cowards? Like, and this is all happening in plain sight, and wh what are we going to do? Like, I, I, it's endlessly frustrating. Well, I think me. this cuts back to what we were talking about before. I think you said something about Americans having lazy minds. And I think, yeah. you know, I, I think this is true. This isn't purely an American <laughs> uh, di disorder, but I think it is true. And, and uh, I've talked about this before. I think it's why... Trumpism will actually um, wane, you know, without him being president and why I don't imagine something like this happening again in the near future just because the Trump movement is like once everyone went home 
and didn't get arrested and went back to their lives and and back to their TV sets and and back to waiting in line at at Starbucks Walmart, like yeah yeah like nobody th- the thing is over you know and you know i think when people talk about oh there's no there's no return from this this changed everything it rattled the framework of of american institutions i just don't think that's true no because we all americans went back to americans as a people uh are kind of lazy like you can change like how much it costs like you can you can you can up the bus fare in paris france 10 cents they'll strike and they'll they'll tip buses over and light them on fire yeah yeah (laughs) we don't give a shit about anything we fall over immediately and just like rate spread our legs it takes a lot to get an american citizen off a couch a lot no one got off the couch for the riots the only (laughs) people sat there on their phone and went isn't this awful bless this is i mean the only thing surprising to me is that so many people actually showed up? You know. Oh, I know. That's um, scary. That, and they built a guillotine, do or they built a they hung a noose outside. I'm like, where were you? They made when- a guillotine out of a rope. It wasn't going to be very effective. <laughs> I wanted it to be a guillotine in my heart of hearts. I really wished for that day. They just picked the wrong day. They picked the wrong cause. Like all the guillotines were being used in France at the uh, bus riots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they raised the bus fare. Oh my god! Listen, I went to Walmart the other day for the first time in probably I don't know fifteen years. I've never willfully, as an adult, gone there on my own. Just because you missed the sights and the smells? No, it's the most depressing place on earth. And upon entering the Walmart parking lot, this man was out like in Ted Nugent cosplay with an American flag and a boombox. Was it playing, just Ted I'm Nugent? I'm proud to be an American. No, I don't know who this guy was, oh but he was just out like as if this was his private one-man protest, not wearing a mask, like just letting people know that freedom lives in the Walmart parking lot. And at Walmart, the, the owner, the, fa- the family, what is it, the Waltons? The own the Waltons? Wal- Walmart? The Walton family is, yeah, I think so. That's their name, right? Yeah. They're the richest family in the country. Um, And they made like, the profits that family made during the pandemic rival what Jeff Bezos made. And it's because Walmart, Mm. you know, sells water and, you know, uh, Rolls back prices with their sweatshop products and their outsourced jobs and, you know, below minimum wage and... right. (sighs) <sighs> yeah, I love how we couldn't even get minimum wage raised in the fucking bill. Well, it's still there. It's still in the bill. They're 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 arguing it right now. What, the whole weird it's not process, close to what it should be <laughs> with inflation in mind. It's like kind of ridiculous. The bill right now has it at f- raising it to fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Um, which it still is. You know, I think that I think it should be a baseline of at least fifteen, and then states can opt to make it more. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, because like California fifteen an hour more. in New York City <laughs> is still nothing. You know. Yeah, Bernie said. I said fifty, not fifteen. Fifty. Yeah. <laughs> fifty. Fifty. I said fifty dollars. <laughs> Fifty dollars. You can't even buy five bagel sandwiches. You can't even get a drop of fifty dollars. What is this? (laughs) 
can't even get salmon for that uh. price. You know how much a pedicure costs? I don't. I believe in the revolution. I was in New York City. I got a pedicure. $65. <laughs> they didn't even have those tiny fish that eat oh, the God. dead skin off your callus. Oh, they got them. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta speak the password because they're illegal. Oh yeah, because you'll get like flesh-eating virus on the bottom of your foot. Flesh-eating flesh tad tadpoles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that must tickle a little. I'll try it. Yeah, I'll go for it. Yeah, I bet it tickles a, a lot. <laughs> you know, if they're good there's at their job. If they the, want to the tip. One, all it takes is one of those tadpoles to take a, a a bite bigger than it can chew, and then once it's... there's blood in the water, yeah, chum, chummed up. <laughs> Got no more feet. blood in the water. Yeah, you're you're gonna lift your feet out, and you're gonna be like, that felt that that was more tingly than I expected, and it's just your bones. <laughs> it tingles. Yeah, absolutely. This episode is sponsored by flesh eating tadpoles. Incorporated. They're unionizing, I heard, because they don't get treated well. Tadpoles Um, are just baby frogs, okay? Oh, that's right. They're not really fish. Oh wait, they're like fish before they're reptiles? I don't I don't know what they have to eat eight feet per night, sometimes (laughs) sixteen feet per night. Oh wait, are you bringing up (laughs) this was Miami New Drama? This is us. They have to eat their own weight in human foot flesh. Every and then night. They'll get minimum weeks for health care. <laughs> then they'll get minimum wage. <laughs> Maybe. If Not under good. Bernie Sanders' plan. <laughs> <laughs> Tadpoles are covered. Not until every single person is released from their shackles. You get a flesh-eating tadpole. You get a flesh-eating tadpole. I love how viral that image went that he raised, what was it, like oh, that, $10 million oh, dollars or something? I mean, that was pretty cool, but yeah, the whole meme culture, like people are more inspired to share a meme than to go out in the street and protest or to vote. You can share a meme from your couch, but you can't tip a bus over and set it on fire. <laughs> See, I don't want to go the after the difference between workers. us and the French. No, you know what French Revolution happened here? It was on Reddit with Wall Street. That happened. That was a revolution where people didn't have to get off their couch. They're like, you know what? I'm going to invest. You you mean the GameStop? The, yeah, the, the GameStop. GameStop. Yeah. yeah, that was a revolution, and they shut that shit down yeah. immediately. Well, immediately, because like the people who should be rich suddenly weren't the people getting rich. Right, they're like they rigged it against us. So it just shows you, like, you, you know how the whole thing, the machine, how it really works. Like as, yeah, you know, and how money is basically myth, or that kind. You know, like capital, like doesn't really exist. Like I saw someone online comparing it. It's like white male horoscope. It's like just as arbitrary, and like they kind of determine. You know, I tried to listen to this thing about Bitcoin. And I, I was just like, oh god, oh my god, it's so boring. My brain bleeds over when I start hearing. But that. there's interesting, there's interesting things about it. The person who invented Bitcoin, or the person who invented blockchain, which is the thing that allowed Bitcoin to actually exist in a real way, yeah, is like nobody actually knows who that person is. It's like they think it was this person, but it was they used a fake name and like this weird thing. This like whole weird WikiLeaks. John Podesta, like secret Navajo code and his risotto risotto recipe recipe. kind of stuff, and like, but I I heard this guy, this economist, talking about how, you know, the virtual um, uh, virtual money 
could lead to sort of the collapse of like the traditional banking system because it really is a way for for in individuals to trade money back and forth without a bank. Mm-hmm. So it's actually kind of interesting. I went online immediately and I purchased one one hundred and sixteenth of one Bitcoin for two thousand dollars. <laughs> Wait, what? Did you? Well, no. But You're you know totally that Bitcoin, Bitcoin, one Bitcoin is worth something like 50 grand right now. I didn't what? know that. That's insane. I thought it was like in, in, you know, Super Mario Brothers when you jump on a mushroom and you get 500 like Tinker Tot toys. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like potato is. dollars or whatever. It's just like, like coins that just know? fly out of the clouds and go ding, ding. Yeah. Like, you know, pressing a button and it's Bitcoin. none of it's real. Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm going to raise my armor strength 60 points with my Bitcoin. <laughs> but it's not that, I guess. It's just more McMansions for Joe Manchin. <laughs> Wait, okay, I have to pee. Can we, we'll keep that in, yeah? You guys yeah, let's keep it in. pee and then, yeah. I think yeah, we'll let's definitely, let's turn, let's turn the gain up on Jess's mic so we can hear the trickle. <laughs> I mean, we my can bathroom hear the trickle is connected down, to my room now, so trickle, you may hear Trickle it. down pipeonomics. <laughs> trickle down peonomics. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> anyway, Matt, let's talk about guy things now that Jess is gone. I well, heard that. I did feel a little bit um, <laughs> assaulted by the uh, Call of Duty bit. Why? <laughs> I felt it was accurate. <laughs> no, uh, it was very accurate. But I do play Call I of Duty. I did some research. I've never played Call of Duty. I've never played it. I just have friends who play it. And so yeah, like it's a blast. I had to I had to like go online and like read about it and read the terms and like all that stuff. Yeah, you did well with that. I was going to say because it it sounded like you knew what you were talking about with that. You that sure it just wasn't the accent that made No, you it wasn't think? the accent. <laughs> I mean, I think that that is a really interesting part of sort of the puzzle of the episode that, you know, especially, I mean, it's already, it's already true that back. Our, our society like the, has been impacted in these like really crazy ways by social media and, you know, the ways we interact uh, i mean there i read a story uh, like a year ago about how the rate of young people getting driver's licenses has dropped dramatically mm. and like teen oh, right. pregnancy yeah. and and teen drinking and all that stuff are weighed down because teenagers don't hang out they don't want there's no to. public space for them to hang out because they exist in social media land yeah, and virtually. that's how they interact almost entirely. Yeah. Now, I mean, I know that I sound like that. That radio keeps people from going to the Grange. No, this is nothing and, like and radio. Talking, and talking and talking their stories, mono e mono. <laughs> but <laughs> it's true. But We're like, gonna live in a world that's fully automated soon, and AI is gonna take over. What is that but, gonna look okay, like? Well, let's like we'll we got a taste of that during the pandemic. Like, yeah, we'll get oh, to that we don't second. need to meet in person. Like, we just send an but, email. Like, you know. But Call of Duty is definitely part of that. Peace oh, we're talking ha- about this. Okay. Right. Catching because up. it feeds into that idea in such an extreme way because you have these people who are f- forming these bonds and friendships in a virtual landscape. But 
I think that they mirror real bonds that exist in like the military. I think that's actually true. I th- you know, I think that 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 stuff I was saying as the character, I think a lot of people actually feel that when you, when you bond with somebody in that way, even though it's a virtual envi- environment, it's like being on a team, like a sports team, you know. Correct. And I think those bonds are pretty deep. Going back to what you said, Jess, the reason why the the singularity is not near is batteries. Because <laughs> once that battery dies, that there's no singularity. You you know the robot's gonna come at you. You know, but <laughs> but there are robots that aren't powered that way. It's like, can I borrow your power source to recharge before I destroy you with my mind erasing laser? <laughs> my point is that it's going to happen, and they're not going to let us know because it's happened already. The, the George robot, Soros dude, AI, <laughs> no, dude. Okay, so you know about the study with the two robots? It was a like Caltech or something or MIT where they had these robots talking to each other and they were like speaking this language and they decided that human language was just like, just didn't make sense to them and not efficient. Yeah. And that the rules that the humans had laid out for them in this like uh, container of the experiment were erroneous and, and not efficient. So they just had a private conversation with each other in this new language they made up and the scientists couldn't communicate them or figure out what they were planning. So they just turned them off. They turned them off. But see, that's what I'm saying. They turned them off. And the thing is, we don't, we're not even, we're kind of not close to unlimited energy in the sense that, like, wind, no, they'll wind down at some sol- point. Yeah. solar, all that stuff um, feed into batteries. And our battery, our batteries are still not efficient. And until, until a robot can exist forever, then it's not going to take over. Because you need a machine with such processing at like speed and 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 data it, like contain that it, they they it, just continue to learn and build. And it whatever. needs a power grid though. It needs a power grid that a snowstorm can stop. Kurzweil's so, like, working for the CIA, dude. Who's the guy that that knows batteries and drivetrains better than anybody? Elon Musk. So if anyone's going to figure out the power thing, it's going to be him. Well, no, but so he ha- he did invent. They did. Uh, Tesla did invent a very efficient mm-hmm. battery. It's still not enough for the singularity because it still dies. It still right. re- and it still relies on a power grid to fuel itself. So until until a robot is like sucking energy, like photosynthesizing itself, it's not no robot's going to take anything over over in my opinion. But the robot can be programmed to hit the charger. Like and if they have a good enough range, it's just like the car. If you can get from charger to yeah, charger, it could just reboot itself. Well, yeah. right, but then you have again, you have the robot like, excuse me, it says on my internal geolocating <laughs> map that there is a charger at this Exxon Mobil station. Can you point me to the nearest <laughs> charger so that I can melt your brain with my with my photon laser? Yeah, and then kids are just like throwing bottle caps at it. <laughs> it's gonna happen, you dude. Know. Whatever. We're gonna get there. We're close. Well, and Kurzweil to it. actually, he doesn't say that it's gonna be AI as some external like thing, like a like a person with a see through back of the head that no, like, like, yeah. from the front looks like a person, but from the back is all robot. He he thinks that 
we're going to, because the technology is accelerating at a certain rate, the only way for humans to kind of remain on the helm of it is to augment ourselves with technology. So in his theory, we are the AI. We right. we will become the AI, and in a sense, we kind of already are. We already like, that's have. What cell cell phones are AI. You know, they're in, yeah. in a way like we we're exist already more connected. in these devices than we do in in a physical sphere, especially like during all right. this. Right. <laughs> I'm just glad we decide to in our free time talk to each other about concepts instead of just like shooting things up in a fucking game. I mean, there there's definitely a use for both. I could see, but. I don't know. I don't really have that impulse, I guess, to do that. Do you guys play any of those those games? Jess, you got to get down and dirty. Battlefield. <laughs> That's why I was telling Caleb, like, I, I, I felt that when I heard that part of the story because I do play it. And honestly, yeah. I mean, it's Sorry, different I when mean I play to insult with, you, Matt. with my real friends. We play all the time. But I've also been in situations in the past where I've met groups of people online and have played with them like on the weekends the same group for months and months and months even to where i met some of them and still have relationships with them even though we don't play anymore they're still buddies of mine much like you would be you know friends because with, with vets it's because you met on the battlefield yeah You're a but platoon you've seen things kept each other alive it's exactly like you said the feeling isn't so much you know that like we served in nam together <laughs> but we were on a on a team together, and anytime right. you're on yeah. a team with people, you forge a bond that is a little bit stronger than right. most. Or in a play, it's a team building or experience. Yeah, right. like that's right. or in a group, in a band, whatever. Yeah. Right, and and it's also like a, a very easily accessible version of that. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's a big shift. Like people that wouldn't necessarily join a baseball team or a like a theater troupe or whatever, you right. know, for whatever reason can still exist in a, in a, in a group, in a With, team. That has the camaraderie. And especially if you're good, if you're good at that thing, you know, that also. It's got to be therapeutic on some level, I guess, to kind of like exert that energy and like kind of focus in on a target or goal. Yeah, well, like, let's say you're not a jock and you've grown up and have always envied kind of the status that the jocks had at school, like the good athletes, and then you have a skill at a video game and you're you're playing with a group of 10 people and you're the best one. Suddenly you're the, you know, the right. quarterback and you're, you're the, the, the stuff. Suddenly you're the Tom Brady in Tampa. That's right. Oh, yeah. Suddenly you've got the bum chin. <laughs> no, but teenagers existing online and adults and everyone. Um right. Well, I'm thinking about people who have a huge online presence, but in person are like rather shy, you know. I feel like socially that's happening more often than not because it seems like, you know, I can raise my voice and say whatever I want and become whoever I want to become in right. this like fantasy arena without right. judgment or criticism. When, you know, when it happens in person, you really have to like deal with the other person's perspective and like, uh, you know, present yourself in a specific way, and and there's um, a level of whether or not your performance is as deemed as you know authentic or not. Um, yeah, I guess I'm kind of saying the opposite. It's a whole other it, level of effort, you know, yeah. effort, physical eff effort, emotional effort, and again, this comes down to like wanting to uh, have the most impact or live the fullest life without having to get off the couch. 
and it's not so much and we were joking about it but i think it's 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 a different it's it's a different compulsion i think than just laziness i don't think that that really captures what it what it really is about on a on sort of the uber level level or the metaphysical level i think people find satisfaction in living these like lives online that they don't necessarily feel like they could live in their like in the physical realm you know yeah and um it's a yeah, really it's, it's, um... interesting part. We all exist. We all have these av- avatars, all of us. Well, and there's like entrepreneurs too online. Like I, I felt like in our industry, I was like, oh, I used to laugh it off. I'm like, oh, my online presence. Or like, oh, my website, whatever. People know me. They want to hire me. And now that is not a question whatsoever. Like all of those things have to happen. Right. And not even just in our industry, in any industry. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Having an having like that's a just robust. How you succeed. Having a, like a robust online presence, or you could say like having an attractive avatar standing for you in that sort of that other dimension of our yeah. soci- society, like c- could make or you know that that gets you the job, you know. Well, it's dangerous because we're existing solely in ideals, you know. Like there's no mess or vulnerability to it, or like it kind of creates this image of like the sole endpoint versus multiple possibilities existing at once or aspects of your personality or you know what I mean? It's like everyone's crafting yeah, avatars, this this fantasy version and right. uh you disassociate from what reality actually is. I mean, isn't that what making anything like making art is sort of about too? You know, like people make a TikTok video, right? And there's there's lots of reasons they do that, but I think the compulsion to make anything is sort of the same. It's just interesting how much influence, you know, how much more influence it seems like a TikTok video or a TikTok account, a persona on that platform, ha- how, how much influence that person has as opposed to like someone whose like new novel is coming out. Right. It's an interesting shift that's been happening for a long time, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> I'm just a country so I'm just sitting here on the toilet. <laughs> What's around the corner for the worst place on earth? We're gonna we're sort of going back to our regular scheduled broadcasting. There's an, <laughs> there's another yeah. story in the pipe or about we got a to fake enter hiatus the pipe. there. Yeah, we did. Yeah. While you were imprisoned? While we were imprisoned. <laughs> yeah, um, while we were doing theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're also trying to do some, like, there, we're getting into film. Like, we had a couple short films we made based on our work on the podcast, and now we're trying to, to do that more regularly, too. Well, we'll see. We're diversifying. We're, <laughs> we're ripping open the portfolio. All of those things... Uh, don't seem to really we're capture dr- yet. We're drinking what the we're bleach doing. and we're lighting the firecrackers. <laughs> we're taking the dirt bikes out for a joke. Taking the dirt bikes out, man. You're invited. You know you're putting, invited. We're we're putting our head in the mouth of the alligator. You know that one. Yeah, we're we're sticking a bottle rocket in the frog's left eye. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> we're crop dusting first thing in the morning. <laughs> Florida stuff. Florida tings. <laughs> we're huffing the spirit gas. 
You're invited, Matt. That stuff's dangerous. <laughs> well, that all sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah, come with us, Matt. <laughs> we have we we have a re- we have another story in the pipe, right? I don't I know if I Roger. want to give away what it's about. Roger, Roger, but the, yeah. the guy's name is Roger. 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 It's about Roger. Roger. Vector. Yeah. Vector. He's, he's from Florida. Um, he walked into no. I don't no, want to give I, away. I, I don't think say it. Roger walked into gonna... a, and what happened? Only Roger knows until next time. Even that is too much. But I'm going to selectively bleep out parts of that. It's not too much. <laughs> Roger walked into a. <laughs> You're right. Okay, it was it was inspired by Gene Wilder in a Woody Allen film. What? But yes. there is no way Gene Wilder was from Florida. <laughs> Maybe Woody Story Allen, line is but similar. definitely not Gene Wilder. Woody Allen, his behavior, like marrying your daughter, is definitely a Florida thing. Definitely, it's definitely a Florida story. Yes, absolutely. They don't make the Gene Wilders down there. I don't think. I feel like Gene Wilder was Canadian. <laughs> Wait, was Gene Wilder I Canadian? I don't know. He does have Canadian essence. He's got Canadian hair. Know. He had Canadian <laughs> hair. You know, like that comedy hair that Canadians. You mean like the often hair have. you have right now? <laughs> no, I I have country music country music crooner hair. I feel like I'm not going to deny you. You know, your gigs finished that are demanding that haircut. So you can change that at any moment. I know. But the demand, the demand. Not that I want that for you, but. The demand goes deeper than that, Jess. There's a, there's a demand. There's a spiritual demand for hair. You know, it's true. Everyone's growing it out. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Make it stop. It's going to hit stop. (laughs) 